everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Cut the Cameras podcast. I'm here alone today. I'm guestless, but the guest list of <laughs> season two has been so good. Like, and of all the, actually of the entire podcast, if you haven't already, take a second just to scroll through, scroll through the podcast, read the names of each episode and read the guests. I mean, what a, what a cool thing that I've done. I did it. No agency. None of that. Just me. Just me. So I'm really happy with how it's going. I just have not had time to reach out to people or plan episodes in the past couple of weeks because I am moving to Berlin tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh my god. Which, sorry to spoil, is actually both my high and my low of the week, so I'm just going to jump into that. The reason it's my high is because I've been anticipating this life changed this new chapter, um, this event in my life for, you know, many months now since I knew I was moving to Berlin. But before that, years wondering what I was going to do post high school, post graduation, where I was going to live, what my, my quote quote future is going to look like. And I'm so excited that this is what I chose. And I'm really going into this like alone to elaborate on what I mean, it's in the way that my university is so small that there's no like campus, there's not much communication from the university or help, there's no student housing, there's not many community events, which I actually am okay with. I'm, I, I chose that for a reason. I am excited about the fact that I get to go and live my own life. And a part of that is going to be studying at a university, but a lot of it is going to be other experiences that I lead rather than maybe a larger university where like the the university consumes your entire life basically. Um, I also have just been getting so many beautiful kind messages from people in Berlin. I've been really lucky to have met so many people online um, and already feel like a sense of my own community and feel close to people who some of which I've never even met before, others I've only met once or twice. Um, but just to know that I'm going somewhere where there's people who are kind and care about me and that I'd want to spend time with. So that's why it's my high. And really the only reason it's my low is because um, I'm just going to miss my family. I'm lucky to have a really good relationship with my immediate family. And yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough goodbye. But we don't have to think about that. Um, we have worse topics to get into. <laughs> Today, I really wanted to talk about something that has been living in my head rent-free for years, really. But especially in the past couple of months, I've started to dwell more and more on it and think more and more about it. And that thing is phone addiction and short-form content and all that that encompasses. We're talking about the TikTok, the Instagram reels, the YouTuber shorts, the influencers, the PR, the climate the addiction, the not being able to quit the addiction, the never-ending cycle, the are we wasting our lives, the existential crises. That's what we're getting into today. So trigger warnings, all of those things. Anyway, to set the scene for you guys, um, I'm currently sitting in a mostly empty bedroom besides my desk, which is full of a bunch of like camera shit. Like I have, I've got like three cameras on this desk, three hard drives, 10 battery packs, adapters, cords, 
um, microphones. And then <laughs> right next, I have a big, a big cup of my virgin Aperol spritz, no alcohol, because that's the kind of person I am, that is just waiting to tip over and spill on all of my equipment. But am I going to move it? No. I'm sitting on this horrid desk chair that you've probably heard in the back of a million episodes. And this is the last episode with this desk chair because I have invested in a new one for this new chapter in Berlin. And finally, I'm recording on my phone once again because my microphone is packed away in a box. So you're welcome for the high quality content. Anyway, now that the scene's set, let's get into my first bullet point, which is just like, which is phone addiction, okay? Let's talk about why why we're addicted to phones generally in society, in humanity, especially Western society, especially content creators, me, why I'm addicted. I feel like it, a phone addiction is so normalized compared to other forms of addiction because I feel like this is maybe because in general, mental health isn't valued the same way that physical health is, I feel or it's not not viewed as as valid, even though I think that everyone in the world struggles with mental health, even if it's a subconscious thing or even if it's um, labeled differently in your head. Drugs, for an example, those have physical altercations on your body. And other addictions that one may go to a rehab for, that there may be programs for, that are more popularized in the media oftentimes I've noticed are addictions that affect you physically also of course affect you mentally but I think that maybe since like inherently there's no harm from being on your phone in general it's more normalized does that make sense because you could send a text and that's not harmful but I think like anything if you're using your phone content consumption anything like that as an escape from certain feelings, anxiety, depression, then it is just as valid of an addiction, right? Because it's a coping mechanism that can be really unhealthy. Have you guys ever seen the bar graph of like the mental effects of short form content where where your dopamine and serotonin levels like spike up really high and then fall down just a little bit lower than they were initially? And then it spikes up again, but not as high. And then it falls down even deeper. And then it spikes up not as high and falls down even deeper. And then by the end, like your standard level of dopamine is like significantly lower than it was at the start. Does that make sense? I'm not, again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not a psychologist, um, but I am a YouTuber with a podcast. So you should really listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) The other thing that I think about with short form content is I can't recall 99% of the videos that I've watched yesterday, today even. I want you to think if you're someone who often engages in viewing short-form entertainment. Can you recall all the videos that you've seen? Not all, but 50% of them? I don't think you can, because it's so quick. It's so fast, it's so mindless. As opposed to long-form content, I could tell you the YouTube videos that I've watched this week. 90% of them. Because that is conscious. That's the decision I made to click on that video, to stay with that video, and to devote my time to that person. Furthermore, I feel like this quick-paced content really does affect so many aspects of our lives when we're not using our phones or not consuming short-form content. For example, I've noticed that I have a disgustingly short attention span. I'll be editing a YouTube video, and at a boring bit, I will open my phone and just 
scroll through three Instagram reels. It's just become like a reflex habit. Oh, I'm bored. Oh, there's no active stimuli. There's millions waiting for me on my phone. Let's open them up. I can't just sit. I can't just sit with that boredom. So there's this need for constant stimulation. And the only form and the only thing that actually like fulfills that need, I feel like is short form content. Even with longer videos, I'm getting bored, let alone a, a damn book, let alone drawing in my journal. Like those things are, those things require almost effort, it feels like sometimes, which is so crazy. I remember a few months ago when I was still in school, like literally not being able to focus in class after a minute or two, unless I was really, really interested in what was going on. And I just, I couldn't get there. It was, it was too boring. <laughs> it was too boring. Back at the start of this podcast, I made an episode about existentialism and impermanence um, and spirituality. And I talked about this video that I'd seen from a YouTuber called Isabel Page, you may know her, where she kind of talked about how far humanity has gotten from nature and natural patterns um, that are taught to us. And especially this is prominent in Western societies. And just like how much that must fuck with us, that everything that we are experiencing is like created by humans for the most part. Like guys, honestly, I'm starting to agree with these like insufferable healing bitches online. For real. At least that's more real than any of this like 2023 short form stimulating internet short reels, TikTok, YouTube short content shit. You know what I mean? Like thinking about what life must have been like before the internet. Because I grew up on like the, the cusp of short form content. I was 13 when like musically was big, even musically, like you'd reach the end of your feed and there were only like 30 like featured videos per day. This was still like, like Vine, like musically, these were still like limited platforms. And, and now with TikTok and reels and shorts and all these ways that you can consume content, Snapchat fucking stories there. It's endless. It is literally endless. What scares me is I can watch, you know, reels for 10 minutes and feel fine, but those minutes add up, especially when it's a daily habit or addiction, I should say. What scares me to think about is what would I have done with the time that I spent consuming content had I, you know, grown up pre-internet? You know, I think about my, my parents. What would they do if they were home alone for the night? I just watch YouTube videos and don't think about anything. Open up TikTok. Hop on there. Dick around. But truly, it's like, I feel like there's this, I mean, there's so much I want to say. It links to like the whole like anti-intellectualism issue that I think Gen Z is kind of suffering from. And sometimes I feel like it like makes me less social. Like I would, I'd probably reach out to friends or my siblings even who I live with or just be more present in life. That's really what it comes down to. I think I'd be more present because the stimuli that existed pre-internet, I feel like weren't as didn't remove you so much from the, the world that you're experiencing, the real world, right? You can read a book, but it's, it's words on paper and you read it at your own pace and you, you choose the books that you read. It's not like you're randomly getting fed content after content after content that sucks you in. It literally sucks you in. Someone who I have known and really, really, really liked for a while is Unjaded Jade. She was actually on my last podcast which I still probably would recommend you guys listen to that episode, um, the Overthinking Podcast. But that's not what this is about. Please, please. Recently, 
Jade posted a video about her experience doing a 10-day silent Vipassana meditation retreat. Courtney Act also did this, and I was listening to it on The Bald and the Beautiful this morning, her experience. And um, the kind of ideology um, is that you are spending 10 days with no stimuli, no talking, no eye contact, of course, no no books, no phone, nothing like that. Um, and you're just meditating. And the goal is to get you out of your conscious mind. Because in our conscious minds, we're being fed so much. We're constantly encoding so much that you can't ever really access your subconscious unless you're you know, doing something like a Vipassana meditation retreat where you're spending 10 days so removed from, from the society that we live in, truly. And there was so much that she said in this video that I'll link down below that really resonated with me or made me think or changed my perspective on things. But one thing that stuck out is she was like, There's, there was so much of my past experiences, of things I had heard or seen in my life, trauma even, that kind of like bubbled to the surface and I realized that there was so much left unprocessed. The reason why this was this kind of hit so hard is because personally I I use content consumption short form or long form or whatever it be as a distraction I feel like most people my age do at this point most people of most ages I feel like do and I've noticed this pattern of when I am feeling anxious or depressed or whatever it be or I've just had something happen that really hurt me um that's one of the only things that really does take my mind off it. Like, like I'm not going to say that it doesn't. That's probably why a lot of people st- struggle with this habit, this addiction. It's because it is effective. It does take your mind off what, what you're trying to take your mind off, but not, not in, a, in a healthy way. I think that there's so much that I've left unprocessed that I haven't dealt with internally this heavily contributes to why this was the thing that I used to escape, escape that. I want to kind of shift the lens that I'm looking at this from for a second to influencers. And in this case, I'm going to use the word influencers, even though I usually say content creators, because I am talking about actual influence, actual things that are affecting people as a result of short form content and the algorithm. Have you all ever heard the expression too many cooks in the kitchen? This is how I feel about short form content. Too many people have a platform, a notable platform. I feel like because of the short form content algorithm, everyone is famous, which means inherently nobody is famous on short form media apps. I'm talking about TikTok, honestly, because that app is all short form content. Like having a hundred thousand followers on TikTok doesn't mean much now, I feel like. I don't know if I sound, like, old. Like, do I sound, like, out of touch? I'm not on the TikTok. I've uploaded a couple... I have a TikTok account where I've uploaded a video, like, maybe once a month. But I, like, re-download the app when I upload the videos. So I'm not totally up to date with TikTok. But it's, it's like, inflation in my head. The more famous people, the less impactful they are. Which means the less famous they are, so they're not famous. They just have followers, but they're not, like... They're not like active, loyal, genuine followers. They're just people who are in somebody's following list. So it makes me wonder, like, will everyone just be like famous one day? Will everyone be an influencer? Because I feel like some, so many people are 
getting followed on on TikTok or on these short form content platforms because they've had one viral video or because they're attractive or something that is so um, kind of surface level because it's only 15 seconds. However, I think this is I think this is dangerous. I think this is bad. We've seen examples of this, you know, the whole, like Tony Lopez. That's a good that's a one. That's an example. People who are given platforms for a reason besides like genuine talent or a, a powerful message or an encapsulating energy, we need to be more careful about who we give platforms to. Although I said that by so many people having like larger followings on these apps, the they're not like impactful, like it doesn't matter. Um, I do still think that we are subconsciously encoding all of the information that we're seeing or all of the all of the things that we're seeing. You know, you're scrolling on an app and the algorithm feeds you a video of something problematic or something offensive or something that's funny for the wrong reasons or, you know, something like that. And even if you don't agree with that thing, you wouldn't have chosen to consume that content. Or even if you scroll past and you don't like the video, I feel like it's still being encoded and ingrained into your head. If you see someone who makes you feel insecure because TikTok has all those filters and you can contort your body and all this stuff and you scroll past, I still feel like it's encoded and I feel still, and I still feel like it contributes to, to issues rather than on longer form content platforms. You probably wouldn't want to watch 20 minutes of someone if they're making you feel insecure. I can watch anyone for 15 seconds. Unless they're like peak insufferable. You know who I can't watch for 15 seconds? Do you guys know that girl on on Instagram Reels slash maybe on TikTok? Um, her name's like Delaney, I think. And she does like POV, <laughs> the, the female protagonist in every 2000s movie. She does these like skits. She does them so well because she's trying to be cringy. She does them so well that I literally can't watch them. I- I'm, in a, I'm in a conundrum with her content because I want to like follow her or like like her videos because she's does such a good job at these impersonations but they actually pain me to watch because they're so well done that I I can't I can't do it um but anyway like I said I can you can really watch anyone for 15 seconds if someone's super hot and you see a 15 second video it's not much to commit to to see another 15 second video of them so you follow them you like the video the algorithm feeds you more not to say that like all people fit into this category. You can follow someone because they're hot and they're also, they'll also be talented or beneficial or you know, putting good on, online, therefore, into the world. But like in like a, a Tony Lopez case where the person ends up being like problematic, um, you probably wouldn't have followed that person if you had to listen to them speak for 20 minutes, watch them for 20 minutes, observe their life because it's actually not that interesting. Or it's you realize that you don't agree with them or that they don't have talent, but you've essentially given them a platform on a short-form media-based app, which then they they gain this influencer status. They start to influence you from the shit that you have subconsciously encoded. Does this make sense? I just think that the part that scares me is that in short-form content, the videos are fed to us without us actively selecting what we want to watch. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. On YouTube, I'm selecting the videos. That's the weird part is like, what if I didn't want to see that? What if that triggers me? What if I don't think that that's a big deal at all, but then that video lives in my head and, you know, resurfaces in certain events? 
what if I only consume content that makes me feel good about my interests or my identity or my body? And then I switch to a short-form platform and I start to see things that make me feel insecure about those, which I can't escape because I'm not selecting what content I want to be consuming. It's just being fed to me. Does that make sense? To once again shift the lens, but still on the topic of influencers, I want to talk about how I feel that short-form content contributes to fast fashion and the climate crisis. I think that by so many people having a platform now, there is such a big issue with hauls, PR, consumerism in general. You know, 10 Amazon hacks you need in your life. 1,000 euro sheen haul, everything that I got. And then all the comments are, send the link, send the link, it blows up. PR. Guys, I just received this package from Fashion Nova. I got an email, um, I don't know, maybe a little under a year ago from um, a PR rep at Fashion Nova, which is like fast fashion AF. Like it's like Sheen or Romway. Keep my platform in mind. I have 8,000 followers on TikTok, okay? I have 20,000 on YouTube. That is, that's not that much in the scheme. They offered me $1,000 and an affiliate link as well as 10 free products. At my level of following, I declined. I'm not saying this to brag, but I, I was really shocked by that because I won't lie, when I was actually starting on the internet, I wasn't getting many brand deals, but like I remember I had like a pair of non-prescription glasses sent to me just because I thought the idea of like having something that was gifted was really cool. Mind you, okay, I was 13, everyone calm down. Okay, I know you're judging me through that screen. You're the one listening to me talk. You're in no place to judge. <laughs> um, but I didn't want the Fashion Nova clothes because I think they're fucking ugly. <laughs> but $1,000 is kind of a lot to turn down, especially when it's like becoming your job because I feel like there's a lot of people now who, who can have a, a career out of content creation from short-form content. And I feel like there's a lot of people who either just don't care about fast fashion or they're not educated about it so they don't actually realize that by fashion nova it's not just free clothes it's like at what price you know climate wise child labor wise small biz like a lot of these fast fashion companies are stealing designs from small businesses there's just a lot of issues but in all fairness some people don't realize that at a certain point you got to educate yourself but for when i was younger i didn't i didn't really clock the fact that the reason these clothes were so cheap is because they're from fast, like they're fast fashion. So it really actually scared me to receive this email because I was educated enough and um, in a place where I didn't need $1,000, would have liked it, but I could say no. But I know that so many people would have accepted that. I've seen Fashion Nova content. Hey, Fashion Nova sent me this parcel. Use my code. And these are people who are just like normal people and have like 10,000 followers on TikTok, which is not a lot. You could get that from one video with TikTok's algorithm. So it's not like you're trying to send a Fashion Nova parcel to Kendall Jenner. You're sending it to big celebrities. You're sending it to just, they're, they're piping, they're, they're sending PR to just, you know, so many people. The standards are like lower now that everyone has a platform. It's not like you choose from 1,000 celebrities now. There's millions of people who have a, who have a platform. There's a girl who, who does YouTube who I knew when I was younger and she was very popular for a while, for a certain genre on YouTube. I'm probably, I'm not gonna, I, might, I may not say who it is, maybe I'll decide to. I used to know her, because we used to live in the same town in Colorado, 
And then I stopped knowing her. And I recently revisited her YouTube channel. It is like every other video. She has over a million followers on YouTube. And every other video is a Sheen or a Romway haul. And they're just, they're just sending her shit. They're just sending her package after package after package. And then she's promoting it to a million more, a million and a half people, which is just scary because if you have an uneducated audience, if someone who you look up to as an influencer is saying, buy this because they got paid to tell you that because they got free shit to tell you that. And you do that. It just, it promotes so much consumerism. It's just, it's, it really fucks things up. So yeah, PR, that's, those are my thoughts on PR. But also something that I feel is amplified by the algorithm of short-form content is people attaching themselves to an aesthetic. This is across tons of platforms, but I definitely think that TikTok is a big, really heavily contributes to that. 40 years ago, before the role of the internet came to play and globalization and the process of globalization rapidly increased, the world got much smaller. There's so much more connectivity. The only like influence you had from your aesthetics were like your literal surroundings. Maybe if you traveled, you thought, oh, this is cool. I should use that to inspire my style, how I present myself. But to put it simply, I think that a lot of people, it was the school that they went to or the town that they're from or their family. And of course, maybe maybe there was like a popular way to dress and people would all go to like one store or two stores in their town or they'd all get the same pair of jeans. But that's pretty small scale. Now with the internet, there's a million more places to shop from, but there's also all these like little micro aesthetics. E-girl, e-boy, soft, grunge, Y2K, alt, clean girl, it girl, that girl, hard-boiled fucking egg girl. Hard-boiled egg. Please tell me that's not real. I saw that on the Instagram reels. Hard-boiled egg girl, summer. Hard-boiled egg girl, summer. That's what you sound like. Hard-boiled egg girl. Like, shut the, shut, hard-boiled egg? How is that aspirational? You, also, you. These aesthetics are being so hyper-specified. This is the same idea as the, like, inflation thing with the influencers. By having so many aesthetics to be unique, nobody's unique. But that's fine. Nobody's unique, whatever, that's a human issue. To link it back to the climate, this just all promotes consumerism. How to dress like a this. And then you're this aesthetic for a bit. I did this. You know what? I was alt. I'm coming out. I'm saying it. I used he, they pronouns. I had red hair. Not to say that my pronouns were part of the aesthetic. I just, I had a little bit of a, a questioning phase. Whatever. I had red hair. I tried to dress alt. And I bought a lot of clothes from Urban Outfitters back in uh, end of 2020, early 2021 to dress alt. And then... By June 2021, I realized I'm not alt. That's not who I am. That's something I saw on TikTok and I liked on TikTok, but it's not for me. And I can appreciate it, but I will always be a skinny white blonde twink. (laughs) That's my aesthetic. Not chosen. It was chosen for me by Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. Hey, did they say alcohol free on this eyebrows, Prince? I just gotta make sure. Whatever fucking chemicals they put in it are starting to hit. Yeah, it's not based on who you are, which means eventually you're going to outgrow it, which is fine to outgrow phases of your life. But 
not if you <laughs> buy a whole new wardrobe and then six months later disregard it because you were trying to be a hard-boiled egg girl. Because that's not fair to the environment. And this is why it really, really is a big issue for Western society. And this is why it all goes hand in hand. A phone addiction leads to consumption of short-form content, leads to being influenced by people who you shouldn't be influenced from, leads to consumerism, leads to the climate crisis. And I'm not saying that everything is bad about short-form content. Everything's bad about the internet. Everything's bad about being on your phone. But I think this is a really real issue that at least I haven't heard people talk about, and maybe that's because I'm missing some shit. Maybe there's some gaps. Like I said at the beginning of this, I'm doing this podcast. There's no agency. There's no one editing these episodes. There's nobody filtering, writing, any of th- This is all me. So if there are blank spaces, I will not be defensive. Let me know. Comment. Add on to this. DM the podcast Instagram. Cutthecameras.pod. But this is something that I've seen. You can't... I. Maybe it doesn't go for the whole internet, but you can't deny that this happens because I've seen it happen. And I've also done it. I'm, so, I'm not removed from this equation. 2020, I had TikTok, full force. First of all, I was making content I wasn't proud of. That's the thing. TikTok, I wasn't making anything good. And I wasn't really making anything good on YouTube either, but I was trying and it definitely wasn't as bad. It wasn't good because I didn't have the skill set, but not because I didn't have something meaningful to to say and to put out on the internet. And even now, the TikToks I make are like, it's not enough. There's not enough there for it to, to hold much meaning versus what I put on, on YouTube, which I do think holds meaning. And it, it at least holds meaning to me, which is more than I can say about the short form content I've created. But yeah, I've, I've bought clothes that I've seen on TikTok. I've stopped in the past couple of years, but I did. And that's still irreversible. Like, just because I stop now doesn't cancel out the actions. I've attached myself to an aesthetic. I've let people influence me who shouldn't influence me. And I've really witnessed the negative effects. I really have. That's why I've, I, I've talked about this somewhere before. But in 2021, late 2021, I worked on... I did an unfollowing era. <laughs> I had my unfollowing era. And I really did. I used to have following lists that were 1,000, 2,000 people. And now I try and keep them. Actually, there's no real number. I try and keep it around, but I, I try and be mindful of it. There may be something that interests me about this person, but everything this person puts out, do I want all of those things to be encoded into my, into my brain, into my life? And that's why now I have a much healthier relationship with the internet, the content I consume, is because the people who I'm constantly seeing and the the stuff that I'm encoding is meaningful. It's like, I was just talking about Unjaded Jades, Vipassana Experience, Isabel Page. These, these people have something meaningful that they put out and that I can actually apply to my life. And that's, I feel like that's a really cool thing that the internet has done. But we're not talking about the cool things, we're talking about the flip sides. And you know what? I'm sidetracking. Let's get back to the climate crisis because I have one more bullet point. The thing that scares me and the reason that I feel like I want to make this episode and post it online for the people to hear is because because it's not even honest. Fashion Nova sends this shit and then there's greenwashing and there's the term sustainability being thrown around for absolute bullshit. For things that these companies that play an active role in the absolute like demolition, if that's the right word, of our of our planet, of our environment and the people on it. Put a fucking, like, we're going to plant a tree forever. Or we use recycled materials for our boxes. 
It's bullshit. It's like the Kim K lid. Did you guys see this? Did you see this? Kim Kardashian made some sort of product for her makeup line. I think it was a lipstick or whatever. And it was like, you know, a lipstick packaging. You have the little thing that you twist off and it has the applicator. And then you have the tube that it goes into. So she had that and then it had an external shell that, that held the lipstick. It was a lipstick holder. It didn't add anything. It wasn't even protective, really. And then they marketed it as a sustainable, like, filament. You just have to buy a new lipstick to put in the lipstick holder. Does that make sense? The lipstick holder is irrelevant. It doesn't add... It's, it's unnecessary. It's actually the opposite of sustainable because she basically added something to an existing product that was just fine as it is to market it as sustainable, which is the whole idea of greenwashing. This is bullshit. That's not good for the environment. Let's at least say less detrimental to the environment, less bad, because nothing that's being produced in a factory for the most part is good for the environment. Let's be real. Let's be so real. Oh, it makes me angry. I feel like I'm not being funny enough. The last kind of large category that I want to cover is my existential crisis. This is more big picture. This links more so to phone addiction and how we spend our time here on earth than it does to short form content specifically, but I still wanted to include it because this is something that I think about all the time. And I did talk a bit about it in my existentialism episode, but I have more to say, and we'll see if we can create some, some links between what I've already said. So to start off, back to this idea from Isabel Page, that we as humans are so far from nature and natural patterns in our human world, in our built world. I went for a walk today through a park, but it was on a cobblestone path with curated vegetation and fences and signs. And I just thought how even when I feel like I'm in nature, I'm in like human, humanized nature. Everything is like so far from like the every that 99.9% of the things I experience are so far from like our natural world, our organic world. And there are patterns in nature that I think give us good insight into patterns in life. And it, it can prevent the, the confrontation of having to learn these things in a much harsher way. The example that I used in the last episode about existentialism from Isabel Page is she talked about the changing of the seasons. And you can learn about fluctuations in feelings, in state of beings, and eventually also in impermanence and death. How you see that in nature throughout the changing of the seasons, that cycle. When you, when you kind of realize that you can die at any moment, you reflect on how you spend your life. Not your, not your day, not your week, but this is your life. So at least me, who I've really been struggling with my phone addiction, my five-hour screen time average a day, which is, which is down, just so you know, it was like seven, maybe eight a couple months ago. Five hours a day. That's not, that's not, like we've separated it into, 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 we've compartmentalized time, but it's not five hours a day. It's like 20 years of my life. Like I can be like, oh, I did that today, but it's right. Like every moment that passes is valuable. And I'm not trying to sound like one of those, like, like, like a, like one of those, what are they called? Like incels, like, like an Andrew Tate where it's like, you could be gaining at that time. You could be doing something more valuable. It's not about doing something more valuable, but it's, it's about not 
not removing myself from the moment, not doing something that is that is harmful to me in, in a way, because I do feel like it's harmful to me. I don't want to speak for everyone else, but that's not how I want to spend my life. That's not how I want to spend my, my day. And I feel like every conversation you have, every trip that you take, every TikTok you watch, that's a, that's a choice on how we spend our time here on Earth. On Earth! It's crazy. It sounds like incredible that humans have the choice that we, well, it's a privilege in our society to have the choice, but that we, that we do, that I have the choice of how I get to spend my life. But I'm often really disappointed about the way that majority of like Western society does. I talked about this theory seen in Buddhism in the last existential episode, but this is a while ago, about the fact that they, in some branches of Buddhism, they view life as a walk on a path. And at the end of that path is a cliff. But you don't know when the cliff is coming. But by not knowing where this cliff is, and you're constantly walking, you're con- as, you know, the walking is the time passing by, and the cliff is inevitably death. But by no- not knowing when the cliff is coming, and by viewing every step, every fleeting moment, as something that is impermanent, and therefore sacred, you're much more intentional and careful with how you spend that time, how you take that step. And I feel like it's so naive to live my life as if I have all the time in the world. You know, it's easy to view things, you know, day by day by day. But if you zoom out and look at the big picture and I think about how much time I've spent doing things that are not good for me, it's like, oh, shit, you don't know where the cliff is. You don't know where the cliff is. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that I, you got to keep in mind. So yeah, to link this back to phone addiction, it's like everything in moderation. I could spend a bit of time, but what would I be doing if I didn't have the option to? I would hope something that, is, that makes me feel good or feel neutral. That doesn't make me feel bad because my five-hour screen time per day average, I know, contributes to a lot of anxiety, sad feelings, comparison. So now we're at the part where an unqualified person on the internet um, gives you advice on how to live your life. So... Some things that I've done to try and move away from this, which is a very slow process for me, is setting screen time limits. I have them. I ignore them all the time. On Instagram, especially, I have a 30-minute limit. I go over it every single day. I'm very addicted to Instagram. But every once in a while, it's just a, a good reminder. And, you know, after you hit the 30-minute limit, I do 15-minute increments, and sometimes it does stop me from, like, a doom scroll. Also, this I've been good about. I don't bring my phone to meals. Like, like if I'm eating with my family, I don't bring my phone downstairs, um, which is nice because sometimes I just stick around downstairs and I end up talking for two hours and then I'm like, oh, cool, I haven't been on my phone for two hours. Recently, I've been trying to turn my phone off 30 minutes before bed and attempting some sort of meditation or journaling. I found that nights that I've watched short-form content before going to bed especially or even just been been on my phone and been looking at different things, um, I usually have like really, really eventful, crazy dreams that, so I wake up really anxious, I found, um, and I think it's because I have so much stimuli in my head right before I go to sleep, and then like the stimuli almost carries on, like I'm so like awake in my head, so really trying to process things before bed, let my mind kind of drift, drift away into wherever it chooses to go kind of wherever my subconscious wants to go rather than being fed something that I'm forced to encode deleting TikTok 
I recommend whatever app you're addicted to, I recommend finding a way to live without it for a certain amount of time. See how it is. Because I think what you'll find is with short form content, you don't, you don't actually find much value from it. And you could find the same value somewhere else, I think is the big part. That's the, that's the kicker right there. I'm not saying short-form content is bad, but I think that 90% of the valuable things found in short-form content can be found somewhere else. I don't think that that as a platform generally contributes to like much new goodness. Now, I've just said that I'm addicted to Instagram, and I also just said to try and find a way to spend time without your, the app that you're addicted to or the, the item that you're addicted to. Now, this is where... I start to get into a pickle. For a while, I was thinking about getting a second phone, maybe an Android or a second-hand phone, something kind of cheap, with no social media and just like navigation and a phone number so that I could take it around with me when I'm out. But then have a second phone or another device at home to upload all my content on and maybe I just take a camera with me to shoot content. Because my excuse for always being on my phone and always checking Instagram and messages and YouTube statistics and other platforms is that it's my, like, quote, quote, job at the moment. And I need to, quote, grow a platform. Like, I'm active. Like, I'm not, I'm not consuming content. I'm creating it. So I can go and consume it. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. So I think I bring my phone with me to take photos or videos for content essentially and if I can replace my phone with a camera that I can't watch reels on that would be great and maybe I need to work on that so yeah I just think it's fucking scary I think I think addiction is really scary especially how mindless it can be and how I can know that something's bad for me but continue to keep on doing it but this this episode is really based on a personal experience so I don't know if you guys listening are agreeing disagreeing neutral but I want to post a poll under this episode that says, how is your relationship with short form media? And I want to hear what you guys have to say. I hope that um, there were some moments in here that either resonated with you, that you agree with, that you relate to, or that you learned from, or that you just found entertaining. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be back on the pod as soon as possible. May get a couple more solo episodes. This may be an era of solo episodes, or I'll get to Berlin and pretty quickly start reaching out to guests. But yeah, tomorrow I move and I'm just going to focus on that for a little bit. Um, And I'm excited to tell you guys more stories about my life on here and delve into some more topics. So yeah, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please follow the podcast on your preferred streaming platform, as well as Instagram at cutthecameras.pod. And go ahead and leave a review. Reviews are so meaningful to me. Um, we're at like like mid-70s on Spotify, and I would absolutely love it if we could surpass the 100 milestone. That would be super cool. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys in a future Wednesday. Now get off your phone and go live. Take that next step. Phone free. <laughs> Bye.